0: Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for February 12th, 2023. It is the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany. Please join in our call to worship. Happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep his decrees, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes." Hearts as we come before you in worship today, may we walk in your ways and seek you with our whole hearts. Amen. us pray Merciful God you call us to follow to turn away from our own selfish interests and to take up our cross and follow after you even if the path is difficult to see or is heading in a direction we would never have chosen for ourselves forgive us for being so quick to question and so hesitant to follow help us to see with the eyes of faith rather than from our own human point of view teach us to follow without fear knowing that you are always with us leading the way amen our scripture today is Matthew 5:21 through 37 you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. We continue with this series on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' vision of God's upside-down kingdom. It's upside-down because it operates differently from the way the world expects. It operates differently than the world does. You may have heard the Andy Murray song, Granddaddy Was a Farmer, the chorus of which goes like this. He's a full-measure man, he won't tell you a lie. When Cyrus rolls his wagon to the scales, just wave him right on by. Level on the level, signed with the shake of a hand, unaffected, well-connected, simple, honest man. It's a song about a real person, a brethren man named Cyrus Bomberger. In Ken Morse's book, Preaching in a Tavern and 129 Other Surprising Stories from Brethren Life, the Andy Murray lyrics for the song are included in an entry that also says this, Cyrus Baumberger was a farmer preacher of the Spring Creek Congregation in Lebanon County, Pennsylvania. He had a reputation as a man of unflinching integrity. When he took his wagon loads of wheat to Lebanon to be sold, the miller there told his workers that they need not examine the wheat, either to question its weight or to check it for moisture, for Cyrus Bomberger was a man of his word. Cyrus Bomberger took seriously Jesus' call to let his yes be yes and his no be no to the glory of God. Brethren, at their best, take the Sermon on the Mount seriously. And this section of the Sermon on the Mount, with its lessons about anger, right relationships, resisting temptation, and truth-telling, this is right up our alley, because this section speaks of the condition of the heart. Some people are confused when they read the part about your right eye or your right hand causing sin— Surely they think Jesus can't be serious, gouging out an eye or cutting off a hand and throwing it away. And no, Jesus did not mean what he said there to be taken literally. Your hand or eye has no will of its own. They cannot cause you to sin. It is the condition of the heart that causes sin, not a hand or eye. It is the condition of the heart that Jesus is interested in. Jesus is talking about our integrity. It's interesting. Brethren, heroes may have courage. They may confront difficulty or opposition. They may do the thing that no one expects a normal, self serving or self preserving person to do. But also, always, the reason, the root of their decisions and their actions is their integrity. In Morse's book, there is another story, A Dunkard and His Horse. It's an account told by a Confederate officer of an unnamed Brethren farmer shortly after the Battle of Gettysburg. The context of the story is this— Following the Battle of Gettysburg, retreating Confederate soldiers encounter a Dunkard Brethren farmer who lives in the area. And they take his horse, because their own horses are hoof sore, too worn out to carry them on their retreat or to pull their wagons or their cannons. The officer giving the account says this, Near Hagerstown, I had an experience with an old dunkard, which gave me high and lasting respect for the people of that faith. My scouts had a horse transaction with this old gentleman, and he came to see me about it. He made no complaint, but said it was his only horse, and as the scouts had told him, we had some hoof-sore horses we would have to leave behind— He came to ask if I would trade him one of those for his horse, as without one his crop would be lost. I recognized the old man at once as a born gentleman in this delicate characterization of the transaction as a trade. I was anxious to make the trade as square as the circumstances would permit, so I assented to his taking a foot-sore horse and offering him besides payment in Confederate money. This he respectfully but firmly declined. Considering how the recent, recent battle had gone, I waived argument on point of its value, but tried another suggestion. I told him we were in Maryland as guests of the United States, that after our departure the government would pay all bills left behind and that I would give him an order on the United States for the value of his horse and have it approved by General Longstreet. To my surprise, he declined this also. I supposed, then, he was simply ignorant of the bonanza in a claim against the government, and I explained that. And telling him that money was no object to us under the circumstances, I offered to include the value of his whole farm. He said again he wanted nothing but the foot-sore horse. Still anxious that the war would not grind this poor fellow in his poverty, I suggested that he take two or three foot sore horses, which we would have to leave anyhow when we marched. Then he said, Well, sir, I am a dunkard, and the rule of our church is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and a horse for a horse, and I can't break that rule. I replied that the Lord who made all horses knew that a good horse was worth a dozen old battery scrub. "'and after some time I prevailed upon him to take two by calling one of them a gift. "'But that night, around midnight, we were awakened by approaching hoofs "'and turned out expecting to receive some order. "'It was my old Dunkard leading one of his footsores. "'Well, sir,' he said, "'you made it look all right to me today when you were talking.' But after I went to bed tonight, I got to thinking it over, and I don't think I can explain it to the church, and I would rather not try. With that, he tied old Footsore to the fence and rode off abruptly. The Confederate soldier concludes his comments with these words. Even at this late date, it is a relief to my conscience to tender to this sect the recognition of their integrity and honesty, in lieu of the extra horse with which I vainly endeavored to throw into the trade, their virtues should commend them to all financial institutions in search of incorruptible employees. Alexander Mack said of the brethren, They shall be known by the manner of their living. Brothers and sisters, we have a goodly heritage. Let us follow Jesus as closely as those men of integrity did. Let us look to the state of our hearts. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race set out for us let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Let us pray. O God, we thank you for the example of those who have run your race with such integrity. Purify our own hearts that we may run with endurance the race set out for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. receive the benediction. May you go forth to walk in God's ways. May the love of God be yours. May God's blessings rest upon all of us. Amen.